This is Work of the Beat. It is January 7th, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney. Along with Mike Kern. Welcome to the new year, everybody. It's a Friday show. Uh, We had a little bit of time off. Uh, Mike, how was your time off here? How was your holidays? Same as my time on. How was your holidays? My my time's rarely... Well, we didn't do much. You know, I mean, we didn't... uh, uh, what did we do? Uh, New Year's Eve, we went and visited my wife's friend over in Jersey, but we left about 7.30, came home, went and saw a friend around the corner who's unfortunately our husband. They lost their husband about two months ago because of COVID. So they've been going through a bad time. We just they need to have a New Year's party every year. And they were having some issues with COVID. So we just went over and stopped by for like 10 minutes. We didn't go in just to say Happy New Year and I had a shot and something, and um, that was it. And I think I barely made it up to midnight. Uh, and then uh, New Year's Day, uh, I don't think we did anything. Yeah. And then we went to dinner at Del Frisco's the, on January 2nd because I've had a gift certificate for like two years that we finally got to use. And, and we were even, you know, weren't sure about that. But, I, you know, I mean, I I don't know anymore. You know, I, um, I, I think we're kind of – Back to where we were, maybe not quite, but we sort of are. Well, I, I think that we're adapting on how to live with it, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, but I think, look, yeah, it obviously, it obviously changed a lot of people's plans. Um, I got to say, the highlight of my holidays was I ended up having to go get a tetanus shot. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Did you just step on a nail or something? No, actually, Mike. Um, you know the glass cases my wife made in my basement that have like the Villanova. Yeah. Uh, um, I tripped coming down the steps over the dog. Yeah. And my elbow went through it. And and that can cause tetanus. I didn't. I didn't realize. My that. wife suggested I go get a tetanus shot just in case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it was it was pretty clean. I'm really lucky. It, it, you could see the elbow, Mike. It's not too bad. Like it's yeah. a little black and blue, but and a little bruised, but um, falling down the steps is never good. Well, it's it just kind of a trip over, yeah, like I, a step, a last step, kind of deal. Yeah. A couple um, of years ago, I slipped on the top step at six in the morning and hit my bat, and, my, and I was like kind of laid up for about a month. Yeah, and my World Series case is the one I tripped into uh, with the World Series, um, all my credentials, and, and from '08. Well, you get um, a new case. Yeah, and so I have to get a new case. I'm going to get one with plexiglass this time, I think. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably not a bad idea. No. Um, so, all right. So we're here, and uh, let's get into, um, obviously, the topic of, of the moment is uh, I, I, we have a couple on, on the deck that I want to get into in the hour. Um, obviously, the topic of the moment is the Eagles. They will play the Cowboys on Saturday night. Um, by the way, nice job. Uh, nice job of the NFL to make sure that they inconvenience uh, people who thought they were going to a Sunday game and now moving it to a Saturday. But that's yeah. But they had to move something, Kevin. Well, they don't have to have this the, all the games on Saturday. But okay, yeah, they do because that's what they do, Kevin. It's, well, it's, it's the first year they're doing this, right, right? But they're going to move a game that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, because they want all the consequential games. On so, if the Eagles had lost to Washington, they would have been playing Sunday. Sunday. Maybe on Sunday night game. Playing. You know, people, this notion that people are getting, like, wow, it's a Saturday. Okay, I get it. 
But you, you go Saturday and, you know, you have Sunday off. It's Well, you know. yeah, I, I, I would say that, you know, this when is... When you buy a ticket, you should know that there okay. is a chance, you know. That... All right, I will, I will bring up something that I know the NFL doesn't care about. But for the planning of the city, you know, look, there's another event down there on Saturday night. What's the, going on? The Flyers are down there Saturday Wonderful. Night. And nobody cares, Kevin. I... Yeah, we but, can but talk from a logistical standpoint, for the That's city, fine. it does. That's fine, but they don't. But they don't care. I know. And the NFL's making trillions of that. So, so why are we discussing it? Okay. Like, like somebody cares. It do, it doesn't matter. Um, the point. So the Eagles will play maybe some of their starters a quarter, maybe not, on Saturday night. How would you handle this with very little implications? They're obviously are in they, the playoffs. Are they locked? In? Can they be the sixth seed? They can be the sixth seed. If the, if 49ers, si- the 49ers, lose, 49ers lose to the Rams. Which could happen. Which could happen, although the Niners, I think, have won the last five against L.A. I think it's four, but you're yeah, you're right. Um, And the Rams need that to get the two seed, right? The, the Rams needed to win the division, and, yeah, they would be the two seed because they would beat out Tampa. On which would get them a home game in the second round. Yeah, likely against, okay. uh, honestly, yeah. against San Francisco. Right, okay. Um, But they want to win because they would rather be home. Okay. Well, the uh, difference is a two seed at home or a five seed probably on the road. So the only so the only difference is if the Eagles, in all probability, will play at Tampa or at Dallas, not at Dallas, at Tampa or, or at L A. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you know, so it's a nothing game. I I don't play anybody, but that's me. Well, the one question that's come up is obviously you want to keep your guys healthy, and they they had a little bit of a COVID outbreak. They are getting Jason Kelsey back. Uh, on the active roster, they had 12 people out. I think that's naturally going to eliminate some of the starters, quite honestly. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, But the question is, they've started out so poorly in these games. They've looked really bad in the first half. They've made great second-half adjustments, and we can credit Sirianni for a lot of things this year, and I would say that his, his halftime adjustments have been great. Their first halves have been awful. Yeah, against bad teams with no quarterbacks. Right. Okay. But that also leads to a question of, do you, their offense is what's struggled more, I think, than their defense in the first half. Do you make sure that you play Jalen Hurts at least a quarter, you know, like almost like a preseason game, quarter, get him out. Yeah, and if he breaks his leg in the, in the first quarter, what? you've done what? Well, I, I get no, it. No, there's no, there's no I, I get it. I understand. But, well, then you just answered your own question. I mean, look, play him the whole game then. Why play him a quarter? Play, play him the whole game. Let him play. Throw the ball 40 times because that's what you're probably going to be doing the next week or the week after that because you're not going to run the ball like you've been running the ball probably against the Rams defense. I, I'm just saying. I mean, you, we could play this game in, until the sun goes down. It, it's You want to play him? Play him. That, that, that's fine. I mean, there's a certain degree. I'm not playing him a lot, but I'm but playing, playing him just him a to quarter try. Guarantee. So, so if you play him a quarter. And, and it gives him a little work. First, that's all. If he play, But your point was that they've been starting badly. Right. You're, okay. So if they play him and start badly again, what does that mean? It's basically more practice. Okay. And if they play him and they play fairly well, it, it means what? It's it, basically more practice. That's all it is. Well, that, that's, yeah, but you can practice them next Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. It's not the same, Mike. You know. No, well, whatever. It's not going to be the same if you play them for a quarter either. It's, it's I, we, We've been in these situations before where, like, Nick Foles plays two series 
and then gives way to Sudfeld. You know, we've seen that in 2017. Um, To me, any guy that needs rest, if Lane Johnson needs rest. Oh, I I agree. If it's okay. Well, so you're going to put your quarterback out there behind not your regular line? For what purpose? And the Cowboys are playing, might be playing their regular guys. Which, which I really don't understand. Target. Well, I'm just saying, I, I don't, you want to play him? I mean, him. I get if Dallas was still in the hunt for the number one seed, I would get Mike McCarthy playing his starters. I don't get well, this. He I has don't. a chance. But look, if the Rams lose, they're gonna be, think, who, who does Tampa Bay have? Tampa Bay has Carolina. Okay, they're probably not going to. But I'm just saying, you're Mike McCarthy. If you lose to the Eagles and then, God forbid, the Rams lose and you could have been maybe moved up a slot. Or, I mean, look, Kevin, we, we this is way over analysis of what they're, they're in the playoffs. The game means nothing, even though it's Dallas. We've been in this same exact situation in 2017, except the Eagles won 12 games instead of what are nine games. So if you want to play jail in a quarter, play him a quarter. Play him the whole damn game. I don't really care. But I don't want to hear those people, if God forbid something happens to Jalen, mm-hmm. then say, oh, why'd we play him? You can't have it both ways. Oh, so if you think it's I, I'm, game, I'll go on the record right now. If Jalen Hurts plays the first quarter and gets hurt, then I've been on the record that I will play him a quarter, and so I no. can't complain. I can't. I don't care. Like, I don't care if he plays a quarter. I don't care if he plays a half. I don't care if he doesn't play at all. I, I really don't care. You have Minshew. Play Minshew. Give Jalen Hurts a week off because, you know, the goal is hopefully you play next week and, you know, they're thinking of it. We can win next week, even mm-hmm. though they're going to be an underdog. We might be playing two or three weeks in a row. Now, I don't think they might, be, but whatever. Why not just give Jalen the week off? Does it matter who they play next week? Uh, I don't Do you have know. a preference on who they play next week? I'd probably rather see him play Dallas, but. I mean, look, Matthew Stafford has never won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so if your choice is Matthew Stafford with a, a decent team, which they are, the Rams are good, versus Tom Brady with injuries, do you want to face Tom Brady? I don't. I, I think the team most likely to get beat out of that group would be the Bucks. That's fine. But I don't, want but to I don't necessarily love the matchup against any of them, to be honest. I don't want to play Tom Brady. Like, if I have a choice, it, I don't want to play Rodgers and Tom Brady. Then I'll go to I'll go. I'd rather play Dak if that was my choice. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I look, Stanford's thrown four pick sixes this year. I think the Rams are really good. I, I thought they were good the whole. But again, um, I, you know, I, you're going to face a good quarterback. I don't want one that's won seven Super Bowls. I don't care what he – he'll throw to Gronk 20 times or whatever. I, yeah, I know. Well, they're, right uh, their defense is where I would be more concerned, honestly, well, if I was a Bucs fan. But, okay, I, I got you. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have beaten the Broncos and the, and the Saints this year. That's their two best wins, and those teams are average at best. So they're going to have to beat a team that's good. All right, you brought this – you kind of brought it up with that last statement, okay? And I, I'm going to – this leads me into another conversation. Um, there's been some chest puffing uh, by a lot of people, including some of the Eagle writers, 
about the fact that they've made the playoffs four out of five years. And what it, some have said, Howie is a top five GM. Uh, and oh, that, I ain't having this conversation. I ain't. No? Why? Why are we having... Why? Why do we have a, have a referendum on Howie? They won a Super Bowl, and he put the team together. The owner loves him. For what reasons? Who knows? He had a good draft this year so far. He's blown drafts. Okay? So you put it all together, and what do you got? How many GMs in the NFL have won Super Bowls? I don't know. You tell me. Five, six? I don't know that are, that are active right now. I, well, why? Because this is this is like, we have to have this, you know, is Howie good? Are you killing Howie? Look, he made a horrible draft pick with Rager. And, and they can explain it any way they want to. I don't care. They made a horrible draft pick with Ortega Whiteside. They can explain it any way they want. I don't care. Barnett. They, they're, there's many. But yeah. then he's also made good ones. So if the bad ones outweigh the good ones, so be it. He's got a ring on his finger. He was partially, re- at least partially responsible but, for that. You know, but I, I do want to, like, and some people say this is me being a Howie hater. And, look, I admit I've never been a huge Howie fan. I'll, I will give him credit that this year he has done a lot better. I, I You know, I think he gets, I think people who mention him in a top five seem to forget that, Howie is the one who created the men's the mess with Carson Wentz by giving him a contract and then drafting his replacement eventually, you know, nine months later. Well, they had to give him a contract and they didn't necessarily draft Jalen as the replacement. Okay. They okay. drafted Jalen, but you, you, your point is well taken, Kevin, but he still helped put together a team that won a Super Bowl. Okay. How many guys can say that? I'm not a Howie guy per se, but again, you, you got to be fair as fair. Yes. He's oh, not, they, if you make the playoffs, how many teams in the NFL have made the playoffs four out of five years? I mean, or, is there a handful? Is there five? Well, is there six? Is there yeah, seven? There, there's, there's like the, okay, the so, Rams, or, uh, the Rams. Um, hold on for a second here. Um, keep going. No. Packers. The, the Rams, the Packers. Okay, that's two in the NFC. The, the Chiefs, the Patriots. No, the Patriots didn't make the playoffs last year. Oh, four, four, out, four out of five. Okay, four out of five. Okay, yeah. So there's about six. Yeah. And the Eagles are one of them. Yeah. I mean, I, look, okay. I, I give them credit. Now, I will also throw But you don't give them credit because you don't No, like I, them, I, that's I, fine. You Mike, are Mike. Ke- ke- no, but you don't, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But what I'm saying is I understand why some people now are saying, hey, let's take a step back here. Let you know If you're going to rip them for Rager, give them the Jordan Maialata or whatever. And I get it. I think there's been more bad picks than good picks. And, if you, and again, I think the white side and, and um, uh, Rager picks were just, you know, uh, like horrible. And, they're, you know, taking that running back in the third round that one year was horrible. But, okay. So here they are. Now they got cap room. They got three first round picks next year. They made the playoffs in a year when they were supposed to win six games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know there's good and bad. Yeah. I don't know if the good outweighs the bad or the bad outweighs the good. But when you have a ring on your finger from four years ago, that usually is a trump card. And we don't seem like in Philadelphia we're willing to give the trump card. 
because of what's happened since then. Even though we hadn't won one in 52 years before that. So, you know, whatever. All right. Well, I'll give this, okay? Over the last five years, we want to use the five-year analysis, okay? Because that brings in the Super Bowl year, rightfully so, okay? The Chiefs, the Saints, the Rams, the Patriots, the Packers, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Titans, the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Vikings all have better records than the Eagles. That's fine. Okay. And how many of those teams that you just mentioned had won a Super Bowl in that time? Chiefs, Patriots. Okay. Chiefs and Patriots. Okay. So if if you're being talked about, if you've done something that the Chiefs and Patriots have done, that ain't bad. I mean, let's see. No, there's nobody. No, I'm I'm trying. No, I'm trying to think who else is would be in that mix. (laughs) No, nobody else. No, it's it's. Are are they as good an organization as Pittsburgh? I don't know. Probably not in the long term or whatever. But yeah, Pittsburgh making hasn't room, won uh, Pittsburgh hasn't won squat in a long time. Yet I keep hearing, "Well, they never have." Okay, fine. They they, they are what yeah. they are. Mickey the Loom- Saints have been really good, right? I was just gonna say Mickey Loomis and the Saints. Kevin and they, Cole- and they, and they didn't get to a Super Bowl, right? So Kevin Cole. Uh, now you can make the argument the Saints got ripped off. Now, if the Falcons had beaten the Eagles that year in the first playoff game, we might be sitting here and have more ammunition. Maybe a different but they GM. Didn't. They didn't. No, they but, won a Super Bowl. They made the in the next two years. They started off like four and five both years. They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game, and then it fell apart. Yeah, and he's got to take credit for the falling apart too. But now, you know, they've made the playoffs like, in a year what, when they weren't supposed to. Like to me, like obviously the Patriots are the are the are. The ultimate organization, and I think you're seeing that right now. What Belichick is still doing in transforming them into a, a another wing of what they've done. Okay, you know, without Brady, that making the playoffs a year and a half after Brady is something that's pretty remarkable. Okay, I think Brian Gunsinger, uh, Gun, I'm um, sorry, Gunhurst, um, the GM up at the uh, up at the Packers. You know, this is their third straight thirteen and three year. I mean, that is pretty friggin' amazing. And yes, he has Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But, you know, to be consistently as good as they've been, or Brett Veach and Andy Reid in Kansas City, okay? All of them. I think you have to really just take it and focus and, and, and realize that while the Eagles, what the Eagles have done have, has been impressive in a lot of ways and able to fight back through early adversities and find ways into the playoffs, the, the Eagles are not on that level. Okay, so what you're telling me is they're the sixth or seventh best organization in, in the league. Okay, fine, Kevin. See, you're always going to come up with, you're always going to find examples, Kevin. That's fine. I get what you're saying. And the Packers haven't been to a Super Bowl. Now they may get there this year. They may not. Who knows? But what I'm saying is, yes, nobody's saying the Eagles are the best organization in football. You're trying to make that the argument. Nobody's saying that. All people are saying is they're a lot closer to being one of the top ones than being one of the worst ones. Okay, I can live with that. You know, I I don't know what you're what we're trying to prove here. Like like is is this the Mike Sealski, Marcus Hayes, you know, back and forth? How he's done some good things and he's done some not so good things. And if they hadn't won the Super Bowl, it might be easier to sit here and say, well, what have the good things added up to? 
because then you can make that argument. Yeah. But they won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Uh, you know, he hired this coach who, at least for right now, looks, looks like it was a good hire. Yeah. Maybe three years from now, we won't think so. I don't know. And they're doing it. They aren't doing it with Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or some of the quarterbacks of some of those other organizations you mentioned. You know, they were doing it with Carson Wentz, who was, you know, and now they're doing it with Jalen Hurts, who most people don't think is going to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. So I don't know what that all means, but I, I just think it's an argument that's unwinnable on either side. And I don't get why people have to choose a side. Do we like how you're not like how? It's like a waste of time. It really is. Now, if they had gone four and uh, 13 this year, yeah, maybe you start having that conversation. Hey, Nick Sirianni doesn't look like he was the right hire. They can't win with Jalen Hurts. You know, on and on and on and on. That That's fine. But they didn't. They went, they won nine games and maybe 10. Uh, you know. And the draft look, looks like it was fairly decent. And they've got three first-round picks next year, for better or for worse. And let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see where they are a year or two from now. Who knows? I don't have the answer. All right. So that is kind of the NFL um, story. We'll get back. There's one. Like Matt Klintak, I know he sucked. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no, you know. Now, it, this is like we could argue to Daryl Morey. Is Daryl Morey good? Is Daryl Morey not good? <laughs> and again, what does it matter? <laughs> Can ar- argue about uh, uh, Chuck Fletcher. I don't know enough about Chuck. Yeah, you're right. I don't know enough about Chuck Fletcher to make. Everybody seemed to think the moves they made in the offseason were okay. It doesn't look like it. But, you know, with all the COVID and stuff going it's Kevin, it's really hard for me to judge these sports anymore. Like, like. You know, I'm trying to judge the Flyers. Okay, and I know they're not. They didn't play, and they had like six guys out with COVID. Then I'm trying to judge the Sixers, and you never know. Like, is Danny Green does he have? Yeah, yeah. And even like things like Villanova basketball. Like, you're trying to figure out like, well, who's playing? Who's not playing? Who? Who? It's really a weird time in sports. Um, but you know, I mean, the Philadelphia teams aren't the only teams living with this. It's everybody. So. Yeah, I think, you know, you want to mention the Flyers for a second. Uh, you know, I think the problem is they're just kind of a, even without the COVID stuff going on, just kind of listless. They're just there at that point. And I think that's what's frustrating to a lot of people that they kind of have been stuck in that no man's land for too well, long. Too, too long. Yeah. Well, but everybody thought in them this season they started off okay. The goalie was playing, you know, and, and then they hit that stretch that got Vigneault fired. And I don't know what to make of them because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're almost at the point where you want to blow it up, which they, they didn't blow it up last year, but they they made some significant kind of, or they, well, maybe they weren't significant, but th- this can't go on. It just can't go on. It, 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 you know, if, if they're, if they're the same team next year, you're just like, it's almost like the Phillies to a certain degree. You're like, you can't go on. And the Phillies, you know, almost made the playoffs last year, whatever. They had the MVP. They had the Cy Young runner-up. But you can't, they, you know, they, they can't keep being a 500 team. They just can't. The six- and by the way, can I ask you a question? Sure. Why has baseball not been mentioned in the last month except to say that Ken Rosenthal got fired by MLB? Well, 
because he criticized Manfred. I actually, I actually went to get into that as a topic towards the end. Um, oh God! Let's switch to a team that's actually looking like they're starting to get a bit of a pulse, and that's because Joel Embiid is playing better. The Sixers are playing, better. and they're playing bad teams, and they're playing bad teams. It's amazing how playing bad teams makes you look better. Makes you look better. Well, that, yeah, let's be honest. They did beat Brooklyn on the road. Oh no, no, no I'm not. Hey, look, you got to play your schedule. That's that's why I won't sit there with the Eagles and say they played their schedule and their schedule up front was hard and right, right. Know, okay. But the Brooklyn win is really impressive. Yeah, well, but but again, Kevin, it's a it's one win in January. Like it doesn't mean anything. It, I mean, it does, but it doesn't because the teams they're going to be judged on what they where they finish in the East and how they do in the playoffs. And if they're out in the second round again, well, then who cares? Who cares if they beat? Jersey in January doesn't matter. That's sports now. It's just it's you know if they were playing if they were trying to get the number one seed like they were last year and we all looked at those Jersey games like being important when they played the Bucks in Jersey because hey they're trying to get the number one seed. Well, they're not trying to get the number one seed this year. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's a I think that's fair to say. I, I would say. My own opinion on it is, you know, it's so, you know, they had their COVID issues and they still have gone through COVID issues here uh, in the last couple of weeks. You know, Doc obviously sat out and, and all that. And the East has kind of given them an opportunity to stick around. Like, do I buy that Chicago's the best team in the East? No, I don't. Um, but they might be better than the Sixers. Let me put it this way. If I'm the Sixers, I would be extremely comfortable with that matchup. Yeah, and probably Chicago would too. Yeah. See, that's the problem is we look at it. For, it, it like, again, it, it is Danny Green played 24 minutes last night and had no stats. Yeah. Now, you got to explain yeah. to me how that happened. Well, da- da- Danny Green, to be honest, um, shouldn't be on this team. Well, anymore. but he is. And he's like their fourth best player maybe or fifth best player or whatever he is and the whole Ben Simmons thing is going to loom over this until the situation is resolved uh, rectified and that may not be this year no so you know uh and and this what this this um who's this the NBA Players Association person Michelle something Michelle yeah is she on, is she on drugs or something why I mean why? I I get it that she has to defend Ben I get that. Okay, that's what unions do. But she makes it sound like Ben's an innocent victim in all this. Like, really? You know, come on. I mean, come on. Everybody knows what's going on, and, you know, and that's fine. You know, we went through it with Carson Wentz. Now we're going through it with Ben Simmons, and, and you know, it is what it is. And Philadelphia is a horrible place to play. And then Danny Green says the fans shouldn't boo. And no, 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 no. It's whatever. I mean, you know, I, I, I think the thing that Danny Green just doesn't get is, you know, he got away with the first one, and he got he was made to look kind of silly when Simmons then took everything that was, you know, said and just made him look like a complete fool. Um, but Danny Green has to realize, you know, you never win a fight picking on fans. You just don't. And no. Yeah. Yet here we are and Tobias, again. And Tobias has to, and look, I I feel bad for Tobias. 
because he seems like a good guy. Danny Green seems like a good guy. I, mean, I don't think Danny Green's a good But Tobias seems like a really good guy who's a decent player. Who got overpaid. He got overpaid, and he's miscast. Not, not his not fault. Not his fault. Not his fault. And if he were the third or fourth option on this team, you know, on any team, uh, he'd be a, a real good guy to have on your team if he was making half of what he's making. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, and, and without Ben being here, that that just ratchets it up the, the, the pressure on him. And it ain't, I don't think it's going to work unless they move Ben and they get somebody here who can be that second guy. Right. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't because I don't know how it's all going to play itself out. The Sixers have won five in a row. Uh, they play San Antonio tonight at home. Six in a row. Six in a row. They go to Houston. That should be a winnable Seven game. in a row. Get Charlotte at home on Wednesday night. Could be eight in a row. It probably won't be. It'll probably lose one of those three games. But And then and then get Boston on Friday night next week. Where? Here or here, there? Here. Yeah, I mean, look. And the Celtics are a mess. Yeah, I mean, look. The, the Sixers, they can beat teams. They're not. They're not horrible. They're they're you know they're 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 good, but they they depend way too much on Joel, which is fine because he's really good. And even Max, even Max, he's taking a well. Obviously, he's been out, but I mean, Max is yeah. starting to look like he was taking a step back a little bit. Well, didn't he have COVID though? Yeah. No, I'm well, saying I mean, even before COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah. that happens. I yeah. Mean, he was looking good there he, for a while. He had it. Yeah, it's an adjustment. Everybody has adjusted a little bit to him, and now he's got to adjust back. Yeah, and I mean, you know, look, they're getting all they can out of Seth, and God bless him. And he, some nights he's really good. But as a team, they need that Ben Simmons component. Even during the during the regular season, Ben made a difference. He did. The playoffs is when he had the issues, you know, because then teams were seeing him five, six, seven games in a row, and they were adjusting and stuff like that. But uh, I think they really miss him. I, I really do. Uh, and like I said, I, you know, uh, how this is going to play out, I have, I have no. You, you clue. want, you want strange numbers for the Sixers? I'll give them. I'll give you a few strange numbers. Okay, they've been incredible at home and- for the last four or five years. Would you agree with that? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure about. I haven't paid attention enough. To, yeah, but they've been a really good home team. Sure. They're, they're seven and eight at home this year. Yeah, I, I and they're four was, yeah. and they're fourteen and eight on the road. Well, maybe they've played lesser teams on the road. I don't know. They're three and six within their division. I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot of strange numbers with this. Yeah, team. plus they're going to get from what you're telling me that they got a lot more home games than coming up. Yeah, they played more road games. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. what benefits them is look the three best teams are in the West, in Phoenix, Golden State, and Utah. Um, there's you would throw Brooklyn in that mix, I would assume as well, and maybe Milwaukee. Um, but they have a shot here that they can. They have a shot in the East as opposed to if they play in the West, they would be buried in the Kevin, West. Kevin, Kevin, right? Kevin, Kevin, but you just hit the break, would you, Kevin? Come on, please. Kevin, it's a team that hasn't got past the second round when they were the first number one seed in the in the in the. Come on, Kevin, please, that don't go there. If you want to go they there, have a sh- April, it, it, Kevin, they they don't have Kevin. Fine, they have a shot. They have a shot like the Phillies had a shot. That's fine. I'll give you that. The Phillies had a shot. All right. Okay. The, you know the Eagles have a shot. Right. They're, in know, in, in the West, they would be in the West. They would be buried. In the East, they have but, a chance. But they don't. They do, but they don't. 
it, it's like you know, whenever you have a chance because everybody else you don't think is that good, that means you really don't. That's all, you know, that's, it's as simple as that. That last year the Sixers had a chance because they were legitimately good. They were the number one seed. We weren't sure if they could beat the Nets. And the Bucks. we were probably 50-50 about or probably we, we gave more of a shot than maybe, the, I don't know. Right. But that was a shot. That was a chance. Again, because they didn't play in the West. You know, because the teams in the West are better right now. Whether it was LeBron still, I mean, you know, you could usually have the Lakers or you have the Clippers, mm-hmm. or now you have Utah and Golden State's good again. And so, yeah. So, but but don't try telling me that they're better than the Nets or the Bucks, and I you know, I don't want to hear that because when push comes to shove, they're not. And there's probably a couple other teams in the East that they're not as good as. But we just won't acknowledge the fact that these other teams that are playing because it's the Chicago Bulls and the Bulls haven't been good in a while. Oh, well, the Sixers are really as good as them. No, they're not. Those other teams are playing better. I know the so, Bull, I know the Bulls are twenty five and ten. By the way, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying the Bulls are going to be fifty five and twenty. And DeRozan's point. been really good, but yeah, you know, just like last year, the Hawks weren't good. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hawks weren't good enough. By the way, the Hawks and the Celtics right now would not even make the play in tournament. Oh, well, I don't think the Knicks would. Would they? Knicks are the ten. Yeah, so a lot of teams because that's what happens. Teams get good for a year, and then they remember who they are. You know, like the Knicks got the coach that comes in and makes a difference, and he did. And Hawks, and some of it's almost predictable. Mm-hmm. And then there's always a couple teams that jump up to take their place. Like, you know, and, and I'll tell you, like, I remember a year ago we were kind of debating, would you trade Ben for um, James Harden? The guy on, no, the guy on Chicago. Oh, um, uh, Zach. Zach Lamine. Zach Lamine. Levine. Yeah. I, yeah, and people were like, oh, I don't know. Are you kidding me? Come on. He's like averaging like 25 a game. <laughs> Come on. Let's be real. But that's, again, because we, we value our guys. You know, oh, God, Ben Simmons, really? Oh, geez. Okay. You know, and now we're going to – and this is what's going to happen. In the offseason, we'll get James Harden, who, who will now be 33. You know, and everybody will celebrate. We got James Harden. We got James Harden. Yeah. Yeah, he's 33, and he's going to have like one good year left. And, you know. I, I can see this playing out like that. It's it's not, you know, it, it, it the minute they lost Game Seven to the Hawks, you knew it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> you mm-hmm. just knew it. <laughs> it, was just, it, it wasn't going to be good, and it ain't good. And the only thing that even gives you any kind of hope is that Joel's one of the best three or four players in the league, and he has his limitations sometimes. You know, let's have this conversation in May. <laughs> yeah. You know, after he's played 70 games or something or whatever. So um you all right, you mentioned the Kim Rosenthal thing. Well, well let me let me get one thing out. Congratulations. I don't know if congratulations are the right word, but are in order for Tom McCarthy. Um what did Tom what happened? Tom will be calling uh because of COVID protocols, the Jim Nance. He will be calling the main CBS game this week with Tony Romo. Good uh, for him. Tom is doing, uh, I believe it's Bucks and Panthers. Okay. Um, I know he's do- it's Tampa. I'm trying to remember who they play. I think it's the yeah they play the Panthers. You said they play the Panthers. yeah. Um, so they will be yeah they will be uh, together, and so that's a great job by Tommy. Good for Tom. Good for Tom. Uh, Tom is a really good football announcer, a really good football announcer, yeah. and a really good basketball announcer. I I think he's like. 
I know the Phillies are his thing. I just think it's tough when you're the, the Phillies guy, you know, because I think sometimes you have to be a little homerish. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, I'm that's okay. I think when Tom does things where he's not the home guy, I think he's really good. Yeah, you know, when he does the football or when he does a basketball game that doesn't involve maybe a Philadelphia team or something, and I don't mean to paint him the wrong way. I'm not saying that at all, but it's just natural. It kind of comes with the territory. Um. And yeah, that great, great. Yeah, great for Tom. I hope Tom. Is there anybody I hope in the world other than you and I that don't have COVID. Not knock on wood, Mike. Don't. don't. No, I'm just saying. But I mean, it's almost like a weekly occurrence now that yeah. somebody somewhere somehow has COVID. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, I I'm. I had to I had to take a test on Tuesday. Um, yeah, my wife works in a school like you work in a school, Kevin. I'm. I, you know, I'm, I'm almost resigned to the fact that at some point, I don't know. Well, and the question is, is it, if it's Omicron is, will you, you know, since you're triple vaccinated, will you only have the minor symptoms or will you get something a little more? Now there was just a story out this week where they, they think they found another variant in France. Yeah. But they actually (laughs) said not to worry about it. They don't think it's that big. I get it. I get it. But this is not going away. I mean, it's, it'll go away. Hopefully. That we can live sort of, but it's like 9-11. When 9-11 yeah. changed our lives, we, we're back to a better place now, much better. But it's still it, it's still there. It still kind of hangs over you. And, but anyway, you know, just, uh, uh, just wish everybody, you know, uh, whatever. You know, just be as healthy as you can. Yeah. Uh, hold on here for a second. Uh the uh i'm just looking i got an email uh all right so there are some uh there you mentioned about mlb let, let me start with the news that mlb is preparing this is from evan Dralik from the athletic and that's a whole different story obviously um that we can get into as well uh major league baseball preparing new core economic proposals to deliver to the players association so it sounds like negotiations are going to resume uh, like this month, core economic talks will restart for the first time since December 2nd. That's nice of them. It's nice. Uh, the resumption conversations won't necessarily mean pitchers and catchers will report on time for the middle of February. On the contrary, the start of spring training is in peril until there is real movement, and that real movement may not come until more is at stake than simply an on-time start to spring training. There's, is- there's part of me that almost wants them not to have a season. I want the backlash to be so bad upon both sides. I really do. And I don't know who's more right and who's wrong. You, I'm sure you have a much better idea, Kevin, because you were a baseball writer for a long time. I don't care anymore. I really, The fact that you go a month without having a core negotiation or whatever they're referring it to uh, is beyond my comprehension. Like you should have been in there on December the 3rd. Saying let's talk. Well, I I think everybody who has ever been part of and Mike, you know this because with the guild, um, I I never worked in a union shop, um, just not by my choice. It's just all the places I had never had a union. But this shop. ain't the Philadelphia Daily News. No, this but, is but major league baseball. But, but Mike, I think the point I'm saying is negotiations never really do begin until there's a hard and fast deadline. Good that I where hope- there's consequences. Um, I hope that I hope they don't play, Kevin. 
I and I really, but I, I, to, Mike, I'm just saying that is yeah. where I think you know I, you I mix in the holidays true. and everything. Yeah, I, I when you're putting the start of spring training and millions and millions of people look forward to that. I'm not one of them, but there's millions of people that when they say pitchers and catchers are reporting and and God, we're going to go to Clearwater for a week and see the Phillies play, and and for this from a team that disappointed you for the last decade, but you know whatever. I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand trillionaires fighting over trillions of dollars anymore. This, this, and I'm not saying the players are wrong. If I was a player, I'd be fighting for every cent right. I can get. And if I was an owner, I'd be saying I want every cent I can get. But you know what? At some point, the average guy, the story of the minor leagues last year was, uh, to me, was one of the worst stories I ever heard about how minor league players weren't making enough money to eat. And yet And they're not in the union, we should point out. I don't care. No, I'm that's just a, I'm just pointing out that yeah, is a that's a major league baseball property. Issue. Right. Right. That's the Philadelphia Phillies saying we can't afford to put out two million dollars or whatever whatever amount of money we're talking to make sure our four minor or five minor league teams that these guys are making enough to just live. That's an atrocity. But again, that's the way the system works. Hey, and if you make it and you get the gold ring, you're going to make millions and millions of dollars and life is going to be great. Wonderful. This is just, to me, baseball can go to hell. I don't care because I know that at some point they're going to tell us that spring training has been pushed back. And then the next part of that is going to be, well, the regular season's being pushed back. You know, we're not going to start till May 1st. We're not full crap on that. That's all I'm saying. Well, and and I've been one who I'm not saying this tooting my own horn. I've warned you that this year was not going to be pretty with this. Uh, Yes, you did. And that this collective bargaining was not going to be easy. And part of the reason I thought this collective bargaining was not going to be easy was the idea that the players felt like they got jobbed in the last CBA. And you know, one thing I'll give the NBA, and I'll even give the NHL a little bit in the last recent years, is it's not a feeling that we have to win the negotiation. It's a let's not, you know, let, let's be careful. Like, let's, there has to be a sign of respect a little bit on both sides. And I don't think there's a sign of respect on either side on this one. I, I, I think that. The owners want to win a CBA. I think the players want to win a CBA. And until they realize that, they, until they get to a point where they just want to get a CBA, that's where the problem's going to be. And so nobody I, should win. It's like a trade, Kevin. Nobody should win it. No, nobody should win the trade. Both nobody sides should spike should the football happy. on the other one. Absolutely. But, you know, if the, if the Sixers trade Ben Simmons for me, whatever, whatever they trade him for, the Sixers should walk away feeling okay. We got. The best we can get. The other team should say, hey, we got the best we can get. And obviously, somebody usually does wind up winning the trader loop. But I'm, I'm just sick of it, Kevin. I'm sick of guys like like Tobias Harris, through no fault of Tobias Harris, making $37 million a year or whatever he's making. And, and we see this all the time. I'm sick of Ben Simmons signing a $170 million contract and then wanting to get traded. I'm sick of Carson Wentz signing his $140 million contract, and then saying, I don't want to play there, and then getting what he wants out of it. 
which is to go to the Colts. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of it. Sick of the whole thing that these guys are now telling the fans, screw you. Cause you know, we, I'm sorry, but we got, you know, and I understand there's things that they think is important. Maybe, you know, moving up the arbitration a year or moving. I get it. That there's things they think mm-hmm. they, and like when major league teams leave Chris Bryant in the minor leagues for an extra five Absolutely. days, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's dead wrong. But These guys, they, the, the players have a legitimate gripe on. I'm not saying they don't. No, no, no. I, I, I'm yeah, just, I'm, I, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm just saying yeah. they, there is a legitimate argument about competitive balance. Yeah. of teams pocketing the revenue support that they get yep. from MLB. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There is a 100% legitimate argument. It's tough to have any sympathy though. And, and I think they don't express their position very well on the matter. Well, look, no, nobody feels sorry for people who have lots of money. That's just that's just the nature of the beast because you know you're working a real job. I work the real job. People work real jobs. They work harder jobs than you and I. Sure. And, uh, that's just. But again, I, and and that that whole story with the minor leagues last year, to me, just hit me in the gut. And, because and, these guys, I can understand that a minor leaguer shouldn't be making. I I, I get the whole minor league system, but. Even if the Major League Baseball had to say, we're going to subsidize your housing. Right. We're going to make sure you have a place to stay. We're going to give you $50 a day to eat or whatever. You know, something that's fair or relatively fair. You know, you can go to Sonny's Barbecue, but you can't go to Lebec Fen. Okay, I get all that. But the, the fact that these guys were showing up at, like, the ballpark and eating a cheese sandwich. Yeah. I, I mean, and nobody bad. thought – and and you're telling me like that John Middleton doesn't think there's anything wrong with well, that? Well, I don't know if John. Look, I, I think. Well, he should know. He should know. No, that. no, but I'm just saying I don't think it's John Middleton's. This isn't a John Middleton problem. I'm not. I just bought his name up. No, no, but, but I, I get that. But I'm saying this is not like John Middleton voluntarily did this. This is just no, the standard the practice owners, of, of the thirty owners. Yeah, I'm an owner of the Phillies, and I have what do they have five minor league teams. Uh, Four, five, six. Le- Lehigh, Redding, Clearwater, okay. Jersey not, Shore. Should I not, John Middleton, have some kind of idea what's going on? Or should I not have a guy, whether it's my GM, an assistant GM, somebody who uh, knows what's going on but, there? But that's fi- And that's fine, Mike, and you're right. But I'll also say this, that I'm sure every owner looks around at other, every other owner and goes, this is the way it's done across but the board. That, the has problem, to come from, that has to come from Park Avenue. That's the problem. That has to come from Park Avenue, Mike. Was it when there was a reserve clause and yeah. Joe DiMaggio would get refused a five thousand dollar raise after after he won the triple crown, and nobody thought there was anything wrong with that? No, I, 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 Mike, I agree. But this is a Park Avenue issue. This is where they honestly they have to have their their antitrust Wait, but exemption. But the thirty owners, the thirty owners could also say, go to Park Avenue and say, "Hey, got like." This is wrong. Yeah, but like, if, tw- like, no. if 20 of the 30 are going to say, no, there's not a problem, then the other 10 are just kind of pissing in the wind. Well, uh, but then the, you know, the minor league, whatever. It's it's just wrong. It's dead wrong. There's not even close to being right now. I situation. agree. I, but don't get away with it because they're the owners, and, you know, they spend more on a meal five days a week than, than some of their minor league guys were making in a month. But they don't see anything wrong with that because they're rich people. 
And that's fine. You're, you're allowed to be a rich person. Right. You've, you've made your mark in the world somehow, some way. And this is your reward. I, I, I'm, I get that. We, we, but my God, just, you know, have a heart. And then this leads to the second MLB issue. And you brought this up earlier. Um, it involves pettiness. And there's a report, Andrew Marchant in the New York Post reported, and, and it's been confirmed by Ken Rosenthal, um, that Ken was let go by MLB Network. And he's not the only one who's gotten let go by MLB Network. They've let some people go for cost-cutting moves or whatever, really since the pandemic started. Okay, that's not the issue. What Marshawn said, and Rosenthal didn't confirm this, I should point out, but but Marshawn has said that part of the reason that Rosenthal was let go was he was critical of the way, uh, critical on the athletics website. Um, he was critical of the way that uh, uh, Manfred handled. He he wrote a column critical of Manfred in June of 2020 when they were trying to decide how to resume the season after uh, the COVID outbreak began. And it was a minor criticism. It wasn't like, a you know, hey, you can play your hand too far here and all that. And apparently Manfred took it the wrong way, and that's why Ken is gone. Um, why did it take him a year and a half? Contract was up. Well, I will say this, Kevin, and this is the problem when you have... State-run media. Well, no, but you, look... If I was on Comcast doing Daily News Live, mm-hmm. could I be critical of Comcast? I mean, Comcast would have the right to come to me at some point and say, hey, Mike, I don't think you should be saying that. Um, if Tom McCarthy said something critical to Phillies, the Phillies probably have the right to go to Tom and say, Tom, you know, you said this the other night. and we Now, that's the problem when you have all this crossover in media, that if Ken was working for The Athletic, and not MLB, he could say anything he wants. Uh, but when you're getting paychecks signed by people, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but if you're going to be critical of the guy who's signing your check, well, okay. It doesn't make it right, but... Uh, well, I, I, I will say this, and, and you, know, you know, you always make fun of me because my favorite word is optics. Um, the optics make Rob Manfred look really small. Uh, yeah, but Rob doesn't. Rob's looked small before. Rob, we, we all know that Rob is not the best commissioner to ever come down the pipe, which probably makes him even more sensitive to think. All I'm saying is, when you're Ken, and I'm not saying Ken was wrong what he did. I'm just saying when you're Ken and you're getting a paycheck from Major League Baseball, okay, and you're going to criticize Major League Baseball on another platform, well. There's risk involved in that, Kevin. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, somebody from Comcast could have came up and said, Mike, you know, you're not going to be on Daily News Live anymore. And I could have said, well, why? Well, because you criticized us for something we did or didn't do. And what would my retort be? Well, I mean. There's I, no I, well about it. You no, have right- I, I understand. Yeah. And, and So would that optic have looked bad? Would Comcast have looked bad? Maybe. But again, it's but, but I, I, I think the one I think here's the thing. One, Rosenthal is gonna remain on Fox. He's still gonna be their number one insider, for lack of a better term. 
Uh, he's still going to do his stuff for the athletics. So it's not like Ken's going away. Okay. No. But here's more damage, I would say, for some place like MLB Network. They sold themselves as the place to go for MLB news. Okay. And Rosenthal was the lead insider there. Okay. He was the guy who I would compare him to Adam Schefter on the NFL and what Schefter does on ESPN or Woj does on ESPN or whatever. You know, to be honest, if you are muzzling those type of people, you look, you lose a lot of your credibility. Kevin, you, you, live, you, you live in a fantasy world, Kevin. It's again, it's Major League Baseball Network. They can have the right to not get criticized by their people if they so choose. I mean, that's, that's I, I don't know how much more plainly to put it. Schefter works for ESPN. He does not work for the NFL. Well, he did work for the NFL Network. That's yes. fine. And I'll bet you when he worked for the NFL, he wouldn't go on and say something real negative about the NFL. Now that he's on ESPN, he can. Woes can say stuff about the NBA, even though Woes gets fed stuff from the NBA all the time. But I'm just saying, when your paycheck is being signed by somebody, then you have to determine, you know. But So what, what I, if Ken decided next month, he was going to go on and say something critical well, again. And, and, well, and that's what uh, this is another issue. Like, Ken still has the loudest voice in baseball journalism right now. That's fine. So he'll have it on the athletic and he'll have it on okay. the If you're baseball, is this the time you want to push the biggest voice outside? No, but, a, you, but I just think you're missing the point, Kevin, is that you're looking at it from a standpoint of you're looking in from the outside. I'm looking at it from the inside of major league baseball and Rob Manfred, probably who, whether we like it or not, is the guy with the most power in the sport. So he can do whatever and they can say, Hey, this isn't right. He shouldn't have made that. Did they sit down and talk with Ken, say something to him? And then maybe they apparently suspended him and kept him off the air for 10 weeks. Right. But, uh, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, did they sit down with Ke- with him and say, Hey, now you can't say anything negative again. Like, I don't know. I don't watch the NFL network very often. So I don't know if people on the NFL network go off on the NFL. I don't know this, but I, I guarantee if there's guys on the NFL network, that start criticizing the NFL too much, I don't think the NFL and Goodell is just going to sit there and say, yeah, that's okay, because he's a voice. And we, nah, nah, I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, and, and I don't know. If I would say Adam Silver is the one who would probably be the more, the okay. more receptive but I, I'm to just that. saying yeah, you, I would agree whatever with you, you think it looks bad or doesn't look bad or whatever, that, that, but Major League Baseball has the right to do that. And, 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 and I'm sure... And I'm I, sure Ken understood that. I'm sure Ken and, gets it. And I bring I bring this up just as look, I'm not um I'm not uh, you know, I'm not friends with Ken Rosenthal. I mean, Ken and I have bumped into each other. We say hello and everything whenever I've seen him over the last decade or so, but I'm not like, you know, but I there's one other issue with MLB and this is something that's come up. Obviously, our buddy Paul Hagen worked for them and they they let him go. It, it, they're getting a lot younger. Uh, everybody is right. They're, they're have, you doing... read, have you read the inquiry lately? Yes, I have. Okay, so yeah. I mean, it is. Um, I mean, I get that this is part of the new media world. Yeah, but welcome to it. Yeah, I mean, this is. Yeah, you know, when we when I've mentioned, you know, and I've been critical on a lot of outlets here, um, on, on a lot of people, honestly, in the business over the last 
five years about the way the landscape has gone. And that's not to paint everybody with a broad brush because it's not. It's not everybody with a broad brush. But the, 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 the trends for you as a sports fan, in my mind, are really, really drawing, uh, going in the wrong direction. If you yeah, want, that's if, the sports fan as like you're looking at it like us as sports fans. Now there are a lot of sports fans out there, Kevin, that don't care. They really don't. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they see a, a story on Villanova. They don't care if Joe Giuliano wrote it or Mike Kern wrote it or Mike Jensen wrote it or whoever wrote it. They just see a story on Villanova. Right. They might not even really care if it's a well-written story. I, I'm just saying when Rob man, when you work for major league baseball, you're working for Rob Manfred. Whether you like it or not, right? He is your ultimate boss. If you're going to criticize your boss, well, but there could be consequences. And, and I'll wrap up the conversation on this because we got to go. Um, I will say, you know, when we all there were a few of us who who mentioned about when we saw team websites taking more of a role and papers cutting back, and that was you know, and, and that's t- fifteen years ago. Okay. Some of us warned that this could happen, and I think that's where I'm saying the, okay, the so, danger. The danger has been okay. Yeah, that's just I mean, my, do, do you? Lo- I like Dave Spadaro. I think Dave's. A really I, I good love guy. Dave as a person. Dave is one of the best job. people. Yeah, right. But Dave is so pro eagle. It's it's like nuts. I mean, I remember the one time we were on Daily News Live, and him him and Rube were on, and they had to pick the winner that week. And Dave said, oh, "I think I like the Eagles." And and Rube looked at him. He said, "That's." amazing it's like the 18th straight week you took the eagles and and everybody laughed and 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 that's where his paycheck is written Mm -hmm. he has to be that guy whether and i'm not saying he doesn't have any objectivity i'm not saying he doesn't give you any good information but it's always going to be colored the eagles way yeah and it has to be because that's their their guy and you know i would say that about any party that works for any organization right all right that's you know we don't have to agree with it, but that's the way it is. If I was Dave Spadaro, I would do the exact same thing Dave Spadaro does. Um, all right, so I that, wouldn't do it as well, though. That's true. Uh, all right, so that's it for us this week. Uh, next couple of weeks, obviously, we're going to have Eagle stuff next week. Um, Dana O'Neill's coming on here early in the new year. Uh, Ruben Amaro has agreed to come on here early in the new year. We're going to have an Eagles guest next week. Uh, and we'll be uh, getting on our regular schedule as we get past uh, the playoffs here. We didn't even touch on the college football playoff, Mike. George is probably going to win. Okay. Thank you for wrapping that up quickly. So, all right, Mr. Kern, have a great weekend. Stay warm this week. And, you know, it's going to be cold. Stay safe, man. Yep. Stay safe. Everybody stay safe. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next week. Until then, this has been Working the. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine.